0: Good evening and welcome to Starfest, the St Albert Greeters Festival. I'm Peter Midgley, the Festival Director, and on behalf of Starfest, thank you for joining us. Before we introduce our guests for the evening, I do want to acknowledge yet again we are broadcasting from Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Metis people. You can buy the books tonight both those of uh, Nazanin Hozar and of Marcello De Cintio at both of Edmonton's independent bookstores Glass Books bookshop and Audrey's books the links have been posted in the description under the YouTube video so please click on the links buy the books after our introductions our guests will speak for roughly 40 minutes uh, during that time i do encourage you to please post your comments on, in the comments section and also your questions we will gather them and relay them to the guests at the end of the evening uh if you are on youtube remember you do have to be logged in in order to to make a comment now tonight's guests marcello dicintio our interviewer is the author of four books including walls Travels Along the Barricades, which won the 2013 Shaughnessy-Cohen Prize for Political Writing, and of Pay No Heed to the Rockets, Palestine in the Present Tense, winner of the W.O. Mitchell City of Calgary Book Prize. Marcello's next book, which is about the secret lives of taxi drivers, will be appearing in Spring 2021. And tonight's star, Nazanin Hozar, was born in Tehran shortly before the revolution that deposed the Shah of Iran. A year after her birth, Iraq invaded Iran, and that led to the uh, seven or eight year war. Hozar came to Canada with her mother at the age of seven, and they settled in BC. Aria, her novel, was named a finalist for the 2020 Amazon First Novel Award. Marcello and Nazanin, welcome to Starfest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you,
1: thank you, Peter. Thank you,
0: Nazanid,
2: uh, It was such a such a lovely uh, opportunity to, to 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 sit with you remotely and, and and talk about this this beautiful book. I want to congratulate you again on 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 Aria. It was it's really a fantastic fantastic novel.
1: Thanks, Marcella. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks.
2: Um, before we but before we before we start talking about it, I, I I'm gonna. I wanna ask about, about what you've been up to in the last few months, pandemic-wise. Um, how has the pandemic been treating you from a writer and reader perspective? Like, how 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 have things been? I know there's some people that have been super busy and other people have been unable to get anything done. Where are you on that spectrum?
1: Uh, well, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Um the past past month or so has been a bit tricky i i started out with the pandemic um a bit unable to do anything as i was filled with riddled with anxiety and yeah. um kind of overwhelmed by the lockdown that we initially went through and then i sort of got myself together as things uh opened up a bit and i started uh really working very heavily on my next novel and uh uh, was working uh, working through that quite uh, quite diligently um, until recently. Um, but until recently, I've kind of been going through some things, and I had to stop for a while. I moved and uh, had some family tragedy recently. Um, but but it really has been a struggle. I mean, I can't seem to get my head into too many literary into a literary headspace uh, mm-hmm. i'm so overwhelmed by anxiety all the time i i am a bit of a history buff so i've been watching a lot of history documentaries as i always do i'm sort of obsessed with um mm. sort of anglo-saxon and medieval uh england uh and i seem to watch a lot of history documentaries about them but um other than that i i'm just uh, like you said we were talking earlier uh let's watch superhero movies you know <laughs> sort of <laughs> try to enter a world that is pure fantasy to just escape this uh unfortunate circumstance that we all seem to find ourselves in and uh not deal with anything that is too harsh and too realistic mm-hmm. that's sort of where i've been for the past several months i don't know how about you you've you've been in the same boat <laughs>
2: Same, yeah same boat it's been it's been, it's been tough to um... You know whatever kind of creative nutrition I require, I'm not I'm not getting it. You know what I mean? And 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 it, 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 it is the anxiety that's kind of pulling pulling that out. And I, and and yeah, I'd rather do anything than than be creative uh, these days. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, I I feel you're showing off t- watching his, historical documentaries. Yeah,
0: I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it, 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 <laughs> me. I'm not showing off. It's for some reason they they soothe me. <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. Well, well. Let's go from the, you know, the 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 fantasy world to to, to the reality uh, that your book that your book talks about. It's um, you know, it's a it's a it's a cliche to to describe a novel and say that the uh, the setting is another character in the book. But certainly, uh, uh, Tehran uh, uh, does kind of loom uh, 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 as a character in this book, both kind of physically and and certainly like uh, uh, metaphorically. Um and this is your this is your hometown. And, and before we talk about the Tehran of the novel, I'd like to hear about Tehran of, of that you know. Um, you mm. t- 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 tell me about yeah, tell me about your birth town, your, your hometown.
1: Well, the Tehran that I know is very different from the Tehran in the novel and uh, very different from the Tehran of today. Um so the my memories of Tehran are one in which um there was quite a lot of uh, turmoil and um, uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, state control, but as well, still a very sort of metropolitan, cosmopolitan city, very big city, uh, a lot going on in it, very lively and a place where um, there was always connections, family connections, human connections, um, very warm um, despite its very city-like atmosphere, uh, I, I just recall, and again, a very almost, um, I want to say almost war-like atmosphere. There was still a lot of warmth and family, um, almost familial um, uh, generated um, camaraderie uh, happening throughout Tehran, throughout the the, the everywhere there. Um and uh, I, so I have a, a, a strong connection to it that way. Now that mm. Tehran is very different from the Tehran in the, uh, in the novel and the Tehran of today. I think the Tehran of today um, is much more peaceful, and mm. isn't as um, engulfed in the turmoil as the the Tehran that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the Tehran that is um, happening today is much more peaceful, I think. Um, uh, less, I mean, still obviously with its political problems, but um, not the Tehran that I remember. Um, certainly not as filled with tension and fear, because uh, there was also a lot of fear in the Tehran that I remember. Um, obviously, there was a war with Iraq going on at the time. and um, uh, unfortunately, uh, that occupies a lot of my headspace. That those memories of the Tehran that I was born into.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's not the Tehran of, of the novel, though, right? The, the, the Tehran, I was just going to say that. Uh, um, the, yes, the, the the Tehran of the novel is is, is not the, is not the Tehran uh, is not the, during the the, the, the Iran Iraq War. I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious, the which is the which is the Tehran that you remember as a child. What? Right. Um, why did you choose a, a a Tehran that you know less to a, a, as this, as the as the time as, and setting for, for Arya, I'm curious.
1: Well, it was a, a very out of cu- creative curiosity, really. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sort of telling the story of the time before the Iranian Revolution and before the Iran of today, sort of leading up to the revolution and. Um, sort of looking at what led to the revolution. And so then I've got to situate my characters into that city, into mm-hmm. that world. And so I've got to explore Tehran in that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so it became a creative exercise for me to research it, to understand it, to um, get to know that that world that I really know nothing about, that I really mm-hmm. Uh, only through stories of people kind of explaining Tehran to me through literature that I've read get to know that Tehran. Um, uh, so that's why I kind of decided to explore that Tehran yeah. uh, in that way, the Tehran before my own time.
2: It's interesting. And I, I, I think maybe if there's one thing that's that remains the same uh, between your childhood Tehran and and even in contemporary Tehran is the is the is the line between north and south and that the north and south of the city and that's that's, right. that's a running uh, uh that, that that kind of almost frames the book uh, um
1: Would you like me to comment on I would like yeah
2: please t- t- tell us about the north and south dichotomy in in the city
1: That's something that hasn't changed in Tehran even in modern times is that There is uh, a vast difference between the north and south of Tehran. The northern area of Tehran is very, um, to this day, very wealthy, very affluent, um, sort of more educated upper classes. And the southern part of Tehran uh, in the past uh, and today continues to be um, primarily impoverished um, and uh filled with much more religious classes of people and as you drive up between north and south you can see this major difference between these two people Mm -hmm. uh groups of people and i wanted that to be in the novel very succinct and very visible um to make to show the difference in classes and difference in systems and society in in tehran to show the different uh, class structures of the Iranian people as well. Um,
2: you did such a marvelous job of that, just with yeah, the.
1: Uh, me there, Marcelo. The different north and south uh, between Iran and in Tehran, the difference in north and south. Did that come yes. through?
2: Yes, it came through, and I wanted to say that how uh, um, what a marvelous job you did of that. Uh, that just the 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 details. Um, uh, when the, when your characters pass from north and south and back again, like just the, the way the streetscape changes, you know, it, it's it's it's, it's w- when you're describing it, it's not like some grand economic uh, 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 system. It, it's 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 what is on what is on the street corners that changes. It's 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 such an intimate and remarkable way to do it. Um,
1: exactly, exactly. And you see it too when you're traveling in Tehran. I don't know if in your travels you managed to notice that, but it, it, it mm-hmm. does. Change so very uh, subtly as you're going through that street, that main street, which is now called Valias Street. At the mm-hmm. time, it was called Pathavi Street, and it's these subtle changes that occur as you're going along these 19, 20 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah.
2: Now, the, you spoke a little bit earlier about how you wanted to to to, to talk about the time, before, kind of the pre-revolution Iran. Um, but but what what I found so interesting about the book was how this is not this is a this is a, a book about people and about a family and about and about young people like lot, like children and not a book about revolution right there's 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 That's politics right. there there's there's politics that just like the city itself kind of hums in the di- in the in the in the background um but you know I don't feel like you're you this book is taking it taking a particular political stance. Um, nor is nor is it nor is it nor is it filled with 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 uh with you know with politics. It's it's all about these young, mostly about these this, these young people, especially your your title character. Can you talk a bit about that kind of the 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 politics in, as 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 kind of background hum?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was very important to me that it not be taking too much of a political stance. That it just be presenting people's lives, and it just so happens that. As with all of us in our daily lives, politics just manage, manages somehow to shape our lives, somehow mold our lives, it's very much in the background of things. Mm-hmm. And in, in this case with with Iranians, very much, maybe more, perhaps more so than most people. But really, in the end, it's really about the daily lives of these young people and and some of the older people surrounding them. Um, without becoming turning into sort of a textbook sort of preaching on political uh, positions or political um, stances and um, taking making judgments on things that it's really taking a very um, taking a step back and looking at everything from a very objective point of view um, and trying to understand that these people are um, sort of molded by the sort of powers that are beyond their control and these powers are very much in the distance they're they're um decisions by other people and and circumstances so far from them that are taking place very much in the background of their lives that are then shaping their lives but not up and up front and center of their lives right front and center of their lives or their daily problems of their daily lives that are very much based in the sort of cradles of their own families. Yes, yes. And, um, and that's very much like our own lives in our every everyday situations, much more than any kind of political thing that is happening around us. Uh, that's always the sort of the B story, the B line, the politics mm-hmm. or even the C mm-hmm. line story.
2: And, yeah, uh, if, if you're, if you're you're not telling a you're not hanging a you're not hanging a story onto a historical event. You're you're, right. you're 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 telling the story of this of these family and these amazing characters where something's happening in the background.
1: That's right, and it just so happens that Iran is somehow a political figure on the world political landscape and something very big is happening during the time that these people are alive um, and it's affecting them more than anything, but it's not the major focus of their lives. It eventually does have an impact, but Mm -hmm. um, the things that matter to them are the things that matter to all of us um, anywhere in the world. Love, intimacy, vulnerability, um, you know, their death, their daily the, the daily goings-on of life that that we try to sort of cling to mm-hmm. ourselves uh, anywhere in the world it doesn't have to necessarily take place in Iran it could take place anywhere Canada Europe uh anywhere anywhere in Africa uh anywhere in the world you could you could find these humans universal stories yeah
2: what there was something else that kind of seemed to run all the way through the book is that all these characters and and and, and I can't wait to talk about Arya uh, as a character because she's one of the my, one of the most fav- my favorite characters I've read in fiction in a long, long time. Um, but uh, um, what, what what they all have in common is this is this kind of this constant rebellion. You know, you know, no no one in the book does what they're supposed to do. You know, you know that yeah. they're the, the, the rebelling against, and but 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 they're not rebelling against a villain. You know, you know, you know. It's, 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 We'll get to Zahra in a second, but but for the most part, right. it's these it's these kind of faceless uh, um, uh, authorities that they're rebelling against. It's it's tradition or class or or or, or faith. You know what I mean? There's 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 not um right. there's there's not a, there's not some sort of mustache twirling villain in it. It's it's these kind of underlying concepts that are that are that are uh, that everyone is is disobeying.
1: That's right. And I think because the, the story is taking place at a real turning point in uh, in Iranian history and not only Iranian history, I think in history, I mean, it's taking place during the 60s where very much there's sort of the the questioning of sort of norms of women's place in the world, feminism, of the place of religion in the world, of uh, the, the concepts of democracy. And this, you know, we, I have a scene where, um, where I show the moon landing. So even mm. the notions of science are being questioned of what, what, what human beings are really capable of. So a lot of these, I uh, ideas that have been very old fashioned and entrenched in society in many societies are really coming into question. And the, the youth is really, um, sort of bringing that to the fore and uh, sort of pushing against it. And I think that that comes out in the decisions that many of the characters make, even the older characters, because they too are being Mm. confronted by these some vast sweeping changes in society, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. making decisions. For example, one of the characters, uh, Fereste, who makes a decision to bring an orphan sort of girl into her home, um, who's sort of considered a bastard. I mean, considering the class she comes from, to, to bring a child like that into her home would have, in her class of family, would be considered uh, sort of unacceptable. But she is mm-hmm. pushing against that norm that she's raised with mm-hmm. and does it. And so everybody is constantly making decisions to go against the traditional um traditional uh, customs that they've been brought up with Mm -hmm. these tiny decisions kind of set off little ripples throughout the novel and Mm -hmm. in the end they sort of culminate into sort of what we see as the grand the grand sort of ending of the whole thing this sort of inevitability that ends up at the very end of the whole thing um, which kind of there collides with the the true part of the of the novel which is the his this, this, the historical part um which is the revolution and so on um about
2: so
1: go ahead no i'm just saying that it, it is very much um a, a a novel that's full of characters who um no longer are willing to play by the rules that every everybody's mm-hmm. Wanting to um, kind of carve their own path, almost everyone in the novel is wanting to carve their own path and not yeah. play by the status quo. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and and chief among them for 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 the reader, I think, or, or and, and certainly the top of, in our in our hearts is 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 Arya is is your is your title character. Um, right. And like I said, like what like I, I I defy anyone to read this book and not absolutely be enamored by this girl like you know you know, and you've you've created this this such this marvelous fierce sarcastic um uh, 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 smart uh, um you know yeah she's she, she she's she's wonderful um who like as, as her as her author who's do you know do you know aria's where, where did aria come from well
1: she's uh, to be honest i had a, a a bit of a tricky time getting her on paper. She wasn't really? easy to write. She was one of the harder characters to write. I had to make her um, this very sarcastic and sort of defiant character, but also very like sort of the hero of the novel. So I had to, she had to have a likability, but also be very um, a bit tough. There are moments of, of her, in her that she might do things that are not very likable. Yeah. Um, sure. That um, where she makes decisions, where you might question question her choices, and what she is is she's actually a, I think a combination of several of the women that I've known throughout my life. Interesting. Um, and she's a sort of a conglomerate of of these women that I've sort of brought in together. And um, I know of various Iranian women who have this kind of very tough snappy personality
2: yeah
1: uh, this is a trait you find in a lot of Iranian women and i wanted her to have this very tough snappy snappy personality where she's ready to talk back to anyone who speaks up to her and ready to is always ready with a word always ready mm-hmm. with a with an answer for anything and um uh but I also wanted her to make her very sensitive at the same time to have mm-hmm. to delve into her heart and not make her just sarcastic and just, um, sort of there with a quick word. So it was yeah. a very delicate balance to get her right on paper.
2: Oh, you've done such a great job. And and, and snappy is the, is the perfect, perfect adjective for her likable uh, characters that I've read in a long time. Zara has to be one of the worst. Uh, um, there's <laughs> right. there's a, there's a um, there's a scene in in early in the book. And I, I'm not giving anything away, where where Zahra forces a young Arya, who's been who's who's blind at the time, and has like a bloody bandage over her eyes, to chop onions, and then she leaves the she leaves the house and leaving this little girl with a sharp knife in her hand, cutting onions blind. And I I, I can't remember anything as, as cruel that I've read I, the last time I read something as cruel uh, uh, as as this particular scene in the book. Yes, yeah, Zara is 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 quite the kind of kind of the the, wick, the wicked stepmother uh, uh for sure. Um and yet uh uh throughout the book Arya's always wants to is always almost like seeking Zara's if not affection but attention, right? There's a, throughout the novel like, she's always inquiring if, if Zara has been asking about her. Is Zara going to come visit me? Um, can you tell me a little bit about, about creating Zara and and what Arya needs from her?
1: Yes, I mean, one of the things I, I mean, this is trying to sort of get into the headspace of a mother who is completely unfit to be a mother. Right and uh, also who's very wounded herself, as we find out through the book, to her own um, trauma that she's been t- been through. Not that that excuses her behavior, but um, it does explain maybe a little bit why she is the way she is. And um, it it also in Iranian in Iran sometimes when a child is sort of found on the street like that. Uh, She's not very thought of in very high, mm-hmm. especially in the past. Things have changed, obviously, in recent times. But in the past, she sort of looked down on. And um, this is the this is how it results in Zahra's eyes of how she sees this little girl.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: in terms of Arya wanting to gain some kind of affection from Zahra and always looking and checking in on her and wondering if Zara is thinking of her, The way I sort of explain that is that this is the first mother figure that Arya ever Mm -hmm. remembers having. And um, despite all the abuse, it is still some kind of semblance of a mother that she's ever had up Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. later on in her life. And so there will always be a need to have some kind of mother-daughter relationship. There will always be some kind of... Um, yearning for that, I think, psychologically, despite mm-hmm, the trauma, mm-hmm. despite the abuse. And so somewhere in her mind, somewhere deep down, she's constantly hoping that perhaps Zara will change, that Zara will mm. um, flip and have some emotion, have some love, have some kindness and caring, that deep down there is, there will be something, you know, always that sort of hope somewhere deep down. Mm-hmm. And... That's sort of where that kind of psychology is coming from, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm really just delving into the deeper psychology of Arya of someone in her situation. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm very fascinated by these types of uh, relationships in, in sort of human, in the human psyche of the very close relationships, mother, daughter, uh, daughter. Father, son, father, and and if they've been if there's cracks in them, and if there's trauma within them, and um, sort of how how do people try to heal these broken bonds, and um, mm-hmm. in, in what way does that come out in the psyche of a human being, and and it's coming out in this way that despite all the abuse and the and the horrors that she's been put through, Arya is still searching for some kind of love. No matter what because that's the the ultimate thing that she's been searching for her whole life and she'll probably forever be wanting that even mm-hmm. years into the future she'll be searching mm-hmm. for something like that from Zachary.
2: Mm-hmm. naz would you read a little bit for us
1: yes absolutely and actually um you mentioned an interesting part because i am going to uh read a little section here where um Arya sort of been sent uh, to, off to get some bread from a baker, from a bakery, and um, she ends up actually uh, stealing this bread. But as she's um, on the streets of Tehran, she uh, manages to uh, see her father, who is Behrouz, who's the man who sort of found her on the street when she was a baby because she was left abandoned on the street by her real mother. And um, this is Arya noticing her father, and um, then thinking also about Zahra and what Zahra will think when Zahra finds out that she's stolen bread and been wandering the streets alone and not returned home in time to return the bread to her. So I'll read a section from that. Behind an old brick wall A mile from the bakery, Arya took several bites before remembering she had better keep some for Zahra. Maybe the punishment wouldn't be as severe. As she was folding the bread like a paper boy folds newspapers, she heard footsteps. She saw a male figure approaching, appearing in and out of the shadows as he walked under the streetlights along the road. For a moment, Arya felt scared. But something about the gait of the man, the way he moved, Was familiar to her. When he finally stepped directly under a light, she caught her breath. It was her father. She wanted to shout, but a stronger instinct took hold and she ducked behind a car parked by the road. She watched as he took a deep drag from his cigarette, looked in both directions along the street, then crossed it. His footsteps were heavy, grinding gravel under the thick heels of his freshly waxed shoes. She remembered her father saying that the army had taught him three things, how to iron, how to polish, and how to swallow pain whole. Once he got to the other side of the street and was headed down the sidewalk, Arya followed him. She followed him the whole mile back to where she had started, near the bakery. Several times she wanted to call out to him so he could lift her and hold her and take her home, tell her a story Maybe the one about the lion and the lamb at Persepolis, or about the tree of orphans in heaven. And maybe they would share some bread and he would tell her she was a good girl for not listening to Zahra because Zahra was not good. And then maybe he would tell her that he was going to take her away to a land where there was only good, where there were no Zahras, only boys with dark necks who would climb peach and cherry trees with her. Maybe he would promise that she wasn't in trouble and that he would take care of her for the rest of his life. But she stayed away, because maybe he was doing something she wasn't supposed to know about, and if he found out, she knew he would hate her like her real parents must have. She followed him down a sidewalk, through an alley, and across another road. There he stopped at a door and knocked three times. Someone opened the door and talked to them for a while, and he talked to them for a while. Then the door closed and Berruz moved on. He didn't stop at the neighboring home, but at one, a couple of doors down. There, the same thing happened. A door opened. There was just enough light from the street lamp to let Arya see it was a woman. The woman was old. She said something and it looked like she was pointing her finger down the road. Behrouz turned his head and looked in that direction, nodding a few times. The door closed. Behrouz moved down several more doors. On the other side of the road, hidden behind parked cars, Arya followed him. He stopped at another door, knocked. No one opened. He knocked again. Then a light turned on, but still no one opened the door. He moved on, knocking on door after door. Some opened, some did not. He turned across the street. Aria slid under a car so he wouldn't spot her. She could only see his shoes as they shuffled along the pavement. He was wearing his nice ones, and there was a gleam of light along their dark leather. Now thinking about it, Aria realized her father was wearing his finest clothes, even a tie, something she hadn't known he possessed. She'd seen him in his uniform and sometimes the black trousers and white shirt he liked to wear on days off, but never a tie. She'd grown tired and imagined falling asleep there under the car. And no sooner had she thought this than she almost did. She kept her eyes open long enough to peek out and see a final door, open to Behrouz, the door of the bakery she had stolen from earlier. She watched as the baker asked, Can I help you? To which Behruz replied, yes, I am looking for someone. And then she could no longer keep her eyes open. When she woke up to the roar of an engine, day was about to break. Behruz was long gone. She stumbled out from under the car to the horror of the driver. Who exclaimed the names of St. Fatime Zahra, the Prophet's daughter, the St. Imam Reza, and St. Imam Hussein. You will be Satan's favorite child, you stupid girl, he said as he drove off in anger. Arya found she'd been clutching the bread all night. Hungry again, she tore off a piece with her teeth and chewed it all the way home. When Zahra saw her, she slapped her across the face with the back of her hand. Then she grabbed a twig from the cherry tree that she always kept handy and hit Arya's cheeks and neck. You'd better hold tight to the rest of that bread, because it's the only food you'll be getting for a week, she shouted. Finally, Zahra sent her to the balcony again so that the neighbors could see what a demon she was. Arya spent the rest of the day huddled there until she fell asleep. When she awoke the next morning, she found a beaded bracelet placed beside her Mm. head. All the beads, except four, were white. The other four had letters painted on them, four alien images. If she'd been able to, she would have read her own name.
0: There we go. What a beautiful
2: reading! Thank you so Thank much, Ness. Thank you so much for that. So yeah, so the question I had was was you know b- before we started uh, uh, our online discussion, I rudely shushed yeah. you because you were t- talking That's about okay. how, uh, how, uh, how about l- about language and how you you you're almost translating the book from Farsi, and I'm curious what you meant by that.
1: That's right. So when i was writing the book all the dialogue and much of the narration was in my mind was happening in farsi i was writing the dialogue that these people were having with each other in my in my head it was in farsi they're speaking together in farsi and then when i would write it down i would translate from farsi into english uh and a lot of the narration as well um my descriptions of the homes my descriptions of uh, how someone would walk through a street, for example, was happening in Farsi in my head, and then I would translate that into English on the page, so, um, so you were, you were perhaps mentioning how there were some similarities between my style of writing and a Palestinian writer that you had read, um, and other people have told me about various, uh, other Middle Eastern writers that they, they find some similarities with, uh, in, in, in my writing and i and i do think that there's something to that that there's something in the uh perhaps the middle eastern sort of uh lexicon uh mm. going on um and the the sounds and the music uh of that region perhaps coming through um and the sort of the poetry of, of those spaces um coming in through the writing because so much of it is done in in persian Mm-hmm. And then has been translated into English, and um, so much so that I had to sometimes be very careful where the sentences were re- were inverted. So Farsi is very much like French, where um sort of verbs and and nouns are inverted in the in the other in the other order, and I had to be careful to <laughs> make sure they're in the <laughs> proper order in English. So um, that's that's sort of what was going on, and def- indeed the dialogue was very much again in in Persian. But uh, again, I had to be careful so that it would be comprehensible in English, because sometimes it was incomprehensible. The translation uh, people you can't directly translate. You make a direct translation at times mm-hmm. uh, where it's it's not quite understandable if you if you're doing that direct translation. So. Um, but the musicality, for sure, is
2: there. Oh, absolutely, especially, and that became so clear during your reading, uh, uh, is that you know that, that, that that's, yeah. If it wasn't, yeah, it's evident on the page, but even more so he- hearing you speak it out loud. It, yeah, there is that. There's the, there's the musicality of Farsi in your English, which is which is such yeah. a a delight to listen to.
1: Yeah.
2: So. On, on the on, on the craft end of that thing too, I wanted just to to mention. You talked about how at the and I'm not going to give anything away. But you talked about at the end of the book; everything kind of comes together, uh, and 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 comes falls apart. You know, you know it's yeah, um, yeah.
0: Um,
2: but the, I just wanted to to, to point out like the, the the craft of those final pages, like how the pace of everything just speeds up so much, uh, um, which 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 must be deliberate. And there's there's even that, there's that musicality of that too, where you know, for lack of a better word, the the tempo of the scenes, you know, the scenes are, 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 are shorter and faster. And, and we feel like we're on kind of runaway train near the end of it, heading to some sort of inevitable end. And, um, right. It's really, it's really, a uh, in the same way that the, the, for me, the onion scene kind of, uh, I uh, had a physical reaction to it. So too right. did the, the end. And it's just because you were, you were totally manipulating me as the author. A, 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 yeah. and, and forcing me through this through this uh, this chaos so that was uh, marvelous. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say that it was just marvelously done.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Well, yeah, that was very very deliberate to sort of reflect the revolution revolutionary chaos that was happening in the streets to sort of have that reflected on the page with one scene after another after another, sort of picking up the pace very quickly um in one long chapter that's that revolution scene is just this one long chapter that goes on. yeah it's amazing and uh yeah there were discussions about that about whether i should keep that like that but
2: oh really and we
1: decided to yeah um my editor and i were both in agreement that we should keep it but there was just a moment about whether is this the right choice um and it, very quickly we decided that it was the right choice it, it wasn't a very long discussion but, <laughs> but... come up i mean i had to i had to ask myself that um a, a little while just to be sure that you know this was the right path to take All right. the chop make it so so fast and quick
2: yeah 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 it yeah. was great thank
1: you, thank you Marcello.
2: Oh, it. no thank no no thank you um peter gene what the,
0: did we wrap like, what, what's what now um, I think that's about it, unless you, uh, I did have one question here from Lindsay, who asked, uh, how did you pick the name Arya and why? It's a good question.
1: Oh, um, the, so the name Arya uh, is not only the main character's name, but it also refers to the, the nationality of the Iranian people. So the Iranian people are the people of Arya, so they're the known as the Aryan people, um, not the Hitler bastardized version of <laughs> Aryan, but the actual Aryan, uh, which people from Iran and um, north northern India are known as the Aryan people, and the people we call it we call ourselves the people of Arya. So it has a double meaning, um, or a triple meaning actually. Triple. Because, um, yeah, oh there's also the the musical um musical element of aria which is a song mm-hmm. um sort of a lament um so it has carries several meanings so um but the main meaning that i wanted it, it is that it's a story of the Iranian people so i i and it's the main character's name as well well that's so that that that's where the um the the title comes from
0: that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, That I will, my daughter's busy reading the book right now and I will share that with um, her as well. She would be the, the three way. And then uh, there was a question here that you answered partly at the beginning about uh, how Tehran had changed. But the other question was when last were you back? Part of that question was when last were you back?
1: Uh, since I was a child, I've, uh, since mm. I came to Canada, I haven't gone back um various sort of reasons um kind of a little bit worried sort of political reasons that there might be some some trouble if I go back um right now with this book there might be some trouble if I go back <laughs> we don't know there's some uncertainty about it but um we'll wait and see give it some time and see if 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 um uh, there will be any, trouble in a few years I might be able to go back who knows but wow. uh, I haven't gone back yet it's been a long time
0: it's a strange experience I'm... when a city of city of your birth becomes a city of memory and then a city of rediscovery when you go back again uh yeah then uh, in his latest collection of stories uh, Ben Oakry it does a beautiful job when he re he visits istanbul and it's the istanbul of memory versus the istanbul of reality and history it's it's just uh right it's he does it fascinatingly sorry marcello i'm
2: no i was just curious you know when when i've heard other uh uh iranian-born um uh, writers and filmmakers and artists of all kinds who say 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 similar things like i i'm not sure if what i've just created is going to cause me trouble when i if I, if I ever go back, like, yeah. how, how do you figure out if it will, you know, like, 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 what, like who makes that this, how do you learn that?
1: Um, you don't really know you're taking yeah. a risk. I mean, you, you can, there is a way to find out if your name is on a certain list and really color coding. Yeah. There's a color coding. If you're orange or red or your name is on a certain list. Um, but I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll I'll know so much. You can can call so-and-so, you can make some phone calls and find out through certain connections. But um, for the most part, you're taking a very calculated risk. You don't really know. Um, And you can go back. The problem isn't going back. The problem is leaving the country. (laughs) It's about whether or not they decide to keep you in. Mm-hmm. and create a huff and uh, a whole scene out of it and and create some excuse to keep you there and that that's always the scary part of yeah yeah hmm.
2: of, and you're a citizen right of iran still yes you must, they must i continue. am yes yeah
1: yeah 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 I'm, I'm a citizen yeah yeah once you're born there and you're if your father is iranian and you're born there um you're always considered a citizen yeah yeah, yeah. So and they don't they don't accept any other kind of citizenship, so they don't recognize my Canadian citizenship. So uh, I'm only Iranian in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's a it's a risk that I have to think about. And with my next book, I have to think about where that's how that's going to be done and. All of that, yeah. Yeah, but we'll see.
0: Wow. Well, thank you again for that, for that response. Thank Matt. you so much. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to add or so, I think we're pretty much at the end of it. I'm good. Just, I'm good. Thank you.
1: I wanted to thank you, Peter and Marcello, and, um, for the invite. And I'm sorry that there were so many technical issues. It's very unfortunate. But um, still, I appreciate you giving me the chance to share what I could. and I really, and Marcello, you were wonderful with your questions. Thank you so
2: much. Oh, it was such a pleasure reading the book and talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: And we will yeah. we will definitely... Marcello, I'm waiting to see your book, What's Happening, when... So am I. Please, please <laughs> let it come out. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And who knows, maybe we'll have you here as a guest. Uh, and when your book comes out, uh, Naz, as well, maybe we can do a reprise and get you with the next book get you here in person yes, so i'll be keeping an eye out thank for so both much. books so thank All right. you
1: so much peter thank, okay. you, so thank much.
0: you so much so right. okay. much thank you for joining us again and marcello thank you for for doing the interview and naz it is such an interesting conversation and i know that there are so many things that still needed to be said and uh, Naz it's been an absolute pleasure I hope we'll have an opportunity to have you both back here in person so we could show you around beautiful St Albert and give our opportunity to our audiences to meet you in person and please all of you out there thank you for sticking with us through all of these technical difficulties do please go out and buy Naz's book this um Aria from our local independent bookstores It is well worth the read. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. So thank you to our tech support team that has been fighting valiantly this whole evening. And do join us tomorrow night for Annabelle Lyon, if you are possible. We do look forward to having you back in our company again. Until next time, good night.